Hello, beautiful friends, and welcome back to the show. I am so happy that you're here. Today's episode, we are going to be chatting a little bit about exercise. Oh yeah, we're doing it. And I just want to know out of curiosity, when you hear the word exercise, what feelings come up for you? How would you describe your relationship with exercise? I'm going to be straight up with y'all. I've had a very rocky relationship with exercise in the past. Namely, I hated it with every fiber of my being for most of my life. So maybe you're in the same boat. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe that's where you're at currently. Um, Or maybe you've been working to rebuild your relationship with exercise as it relates to your life and your health journey. And no matter where you're at on the spectrum, if you're still at that place where you loathe the idea of moving your body or if you're finding that you actually enjoy it now, we're going to be talking more today about really how to make exercise suck less so that we can discover the magic and the beauty behind joyful movement. If you've been following me on social or hanging out here for any amount of time, you've probably heard me talk about joyful movement. And honestly, just referring to exercise as joyful movement already makes me like it a little bit more. I don't know about you, but I think the language that we use is really impactful. The thoughts that we have obviously is so impactful. And we're going to dive into that a little bit today as it relates to moving our bodies and exercising these beautiful, strong bodies of ours. Let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. So as I mentioned, friends, I've had a complicated relationship with exercise. I truly hated it, despised it growing up. I mean, I guess, I guess I should, I should backtrack. I think all of us, when we're little, at least up to a certain point, we enjoy exercising and moving our bodies. We don't necessarily call it exercise. We just call it play, right? Like think about when you're little, every little kid enjoys playing, right? Now, if you told a kid to go run a lap just for the heck of it, they might not love that idea. But in general, kids are active beings. They run around maybe in public places they shouldn't be. They want to move their bodies. They dance without caring what anyone thinks of them or if they look funny. We just naturally, when we're little, we play, we move, we we have all of this energy that we channel into play. And then somewhere along the lines, and I'm trying to think about when that was for me, I honestly think it's when we started getting into more structured exercise in school, I started to really not enjoy it a whole lot. Like, yeah, I liked playing on the playground with my friends at recess, but I think it was when we started having more structured PE time that I started to not enjoy it anymore. And I think a big piece of it for me was that this structured PE time, physical education, made me really aware that I was slower than everyone else at school. And I had a lot of shame about my body and how hard it was for me to keep up. I can't remember how old you are when they start doing assessments on 
how long it takes you to run the mile or certain movements you can do or stretches you can do. But I remember doing that in elementary school and just feeling like, oh my goodness. I am not good at this. And that didn't feel good. And I was regularly picked last for PE teams because, well, I maybe wasn't the strongest soccer player either. I broke a finger in soccer. You're not even supposed to use your hands in soccer. And I broke a finger. To be fair, I was the goalie. But let's just say, all this to say, I had a complicated relationship with exercise growing up. You know, and and that started in elementary school. When I went into high school, gosh, PE was like the most mortifying experience of my life when I first went. First of all, you had to change in a locker room in front of people. I was the one that was too self-conscious to do it in public, so I would go into the bathroom. We had to wear shorts, and I was not someone who felt comfortable showing my legs above the knees at the time. I just had so much deep shame about my body. So I would wear leggings, like awkwardly length leggings underneath my baggy basketball PE shorts. And it's it's honestly kind of heartbreaking for me to think back now that like I couldn't just feel comfortable in workout clothes during PE because I had so much shame about my body. But PE, you know, it was it was fun some days. Um, I loved my PE teachers, but most of the time I dreaded it because I never knew how embarrassed I was going to be. In fact, PE is the only class that I ever got a B in in high school. I was a bit of an overachiever and it's because I couldn't run the mile. And there was, okay, I'm having flashbacks, maybe a little PTSD. I shouldn't use that word, that term so lightly. It, it is an actual diagnosis. I do not have PTSD, but flashbacks to PE, sophomore year, my PE teacher who I love, she had this activity that she would lovingly refer to as fluffy bunnies. But fluffy bunnies were named fluffy bunnies because it was a horrible activity that they tried to make sound soft and squishy and fun and cute. And it wasn't fun, cute, squishy, or any of the nice things. It was basically you had to do multiple mile laps around the high school, which by the way, my high school was on a hill. So just factor in mile laps on a hill. And then you also had to do a set of bleachers in between. And it was torturous. And I feel so bad for fluffy bunnies because they should never be related to something so terrible. <laughs> Clearly, I um, I loved PE. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Anyhow. And then after high school, when I think about what my relationship with exercise was moving on, you know, I went to school at UC Davis in Northern California, and we had this amazing state-of-the-art gym workout facility that was, I shouldn't say free. I paid a lot of money for tuition, but it was included in my tuition. And I would go through spurts where I would try to hop on the, the movement bandwagon, the train, I'd do good for a week, maybe two, and then I'd fizzle out. But there was one memory that really sticks out in my mind. One of my friends who's really into fitness, she still is, she loved going to group fitness classes. And I hadn't tried one yet at the ARC. That's what it's called at UC Davis, the gym. It's called the ARC. And we went to the ARC and she said, Kaya, I'm going to do this kickboxing class. I think you would enjoy it. You should try it out and come with me. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. I'll come. I'll try out the kickboxing class, you know, punching a bag. I think I can do that. We'll give it a, we'll give it a whirl. Why not? So I go into this kickboxing class and the instructor is super intimidating. She is a bodybuilder that wore heels to the class. Okay. So just painting this picture, I was already intimidated by her. And it's not just a kickboxing class where we're punching a bag, but we do some workouts in between sets, right? 
And one of the workouts we did was she said, all right, everyone drop down and we're going to do 10 push-ups, but nobody is allowed to let their knees touch the floor. And then she said, if anyone's knees touch the floor, everyone has to start over again. You can imagine what I was feeling in that moment. I couldn't do one push-up, one regular push-up, let alone 10. And not only do I feel bad that I can't do a push-up, but now I have everyone in the class depending on my ability to do a push-up so they don't hate me. So here I am, someone coming to my first group fitness class in college, already intimidated, and now I am being asked to do 10 push-ups, which is beyond my ability level. And if I'm not, I'm going to be punished by being publicly embarrassed in front of the rest of the class. So we begin and I do one push-up, and I attempt to do a second one, and my knees touch the floor. And she says, all right, everybody, someone's knees touch the floor. We have to start over again. It might have only been a couple of minutes, but it felt like the longest couple of minutes of my life. I wanted to run out of that room and cry. It was mortifying. It was so embarrassing. And as you can imagine, I never went back to that class ever again. In fact, I never went back to that gym ever again. And that is heartbreaking to me. And if anybody here is a fitness instructor, I would love to just ask you to please not do this to someone like me or someone that's new to this fitness world because that really made an impact on me and just affirmed all of my fears and shame that I had about my body and movement. And I don't want that to happen to someone else don't want that. That is not the culture and that is not the environment that we should should have to empower people to feel good and confident in their bodies. Please, just if you are an instructor, do not do this. Do not do this to someone else. Anyhow, I had a lot of um I had a lot of baggage, mental baggage around exercise that I had to unpack and work through. And I rejected the notion that I would ever be able to be someone who would exercise regularly, let alone find a way to enjoy it. But over the past few years, I have worked really hard to rebuild my relationship with movement. And if it's possible for me, I know that it's possible for you too. So if you are someone listening to this right now who is at that place where you're like, I despise exercise with every fiber of my being, I get it. I have been there. But I want us together to start rethinking that relationship with movement. And I really want to show you that there's ways that you can actually enjoy it again. And some of you might feel like that is impossible, but I promise you, I am simply an example of what's possible because I've been in your shoes. So I have five tips that I'm going to share with you today to help you hate exercise less and find joy in movement again. Looking to save more money and invest for your future? It's never been easier than with Acorns. Download the app, sync to your debit or credit cards, and automatically round up every purchase you make to mindlessly save and invest your money without any added work. Set up recurring investments to increase your savings and investment fund and watch your money build with time without even thinking about it. Listen, I know nothing about saving and investing, but I've been using Acorns for a couple of years now, and I now have enough money to take a vacation to Europe with my husband, and the best part, I didn't even notice it happening. Join me and you'll get a free $5 investment to start saving and investing for your future too. Click the link in the show notes and get started with Acorns today. 
Tip number one, change the conversation around exercise. We talk a lot on this podcast about how mindset is everything and the same is true when it comes to moving your body. We've got to flip the script and change our mindset about it. The first thing is this. I think a lot of us, when we start exercising, we do it from this place of should or of obligation, right? Like, okay, well, I really want to get healthy this year, so I have to exercise, okay? I have to exercise. Saying I have to exercise doesn't feel all that empowering, right? It feels like a chore. And I don't usually like doing chores. I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? So I want you to notice how it feels to say, I have to exercise. When we don't exercise, then I think that belief breeds a little bit of shame. Like I have to exercise, but I didn't. And that makes me bad or lazy or whatever that conversation is. And I want you to consider changing the word have to, to get to. And I'm sure you've heard this phrase before. But the truth is you don't have to exercise. You're a grown adult. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do, but you get to exercise to strengthen your body and honor it with joyful movement. You don't have to, but you get to if you'd like to. And this is what I want you to realize. You actually do want to move your body. You do want to feel more energy in your body. You do want to feel stronger in your body. You do want to be someone who prioritizes their physical health in this way. You just don't want to endure the temporary discomfort that comes with that growth. The reason I say that you do want to move your body is because I want you to get honest with yourself. Do you want to be someone who enjoys moving, who moves their body regularly? I'd venture to guess if you're listening to this podcast that the answer is yes. Now, you might not be there yet, but you do want that. And I want you to keep that in mind when you find your brain going to that thought of, I have to exercise today and say, no, I get to exercise today and I want to, I am choosing to in order to strengthen my body and honor it with movement. And I want you to think about, you know, that temporary discomfort change in any way is uncomfortable but it's not always uncomfortable for the long haul, but you have to endure that temporary moment of discomfort the first time you work out, the second time, the third time, fourth time, 12th time. It is going to be challenging when you start, but it's going to get easier with time. But you have to be willing to endure that discomfort as you get stronger. So how can we change the mindset around that discomfort? Here's a thought to consider. Doing things that challenge me is what makes me grow into a stronger version of myself. Doing things that challenge me is what makes me grow into a stronger version of myself. Maybe you're someone who needs to keep some of these thoughts in your back pocket while you're in the middle of moving your body, right? Because I know that our brains can get really dramatic. If I'm out for a run and I start thinking about how hard this is and how much I don't want to be there, guess what? It feels 27,000 times harder immediately after having that thought. So how can we put some of these empowering thoughts in our back pocket so if we're in the middle of a run, when we're in the middle of a walk, if we're in the middle of a strength training workout and we feel that little voice whispering in the back of our mind telling us, oh, I don't want to do this or this is so hard, keep a thought in your back pocket like this one. Doing things that challenge me is what makes me grow into a stronger version of myself. If I am in the middle of a challenging workout and I am so uncomfortable and I have that thought... I am so much more empowered to finish it strong. We need to not just have physical toughness to endure some of these challenging movements, but we also have to have the mental toughness to battle those thoughts that make it so much harder than it has to be. 
doing things that challenge me is what makes me grow into a stronger version of myself. And just to expand on this, let's stop talking about how much you hate moving your body. If you keep telling yourself the worn out story that I hate exercise, I hate moving my body, you're going to keep buying into that belief that it's true. And that's not true. It's not a fact. You just haven't explored the opportunity to consider a different option, which is that you do enjoy moving your body in certain ways. How can we flip that script? Maybe it's changing the conversation and saying, I'm grateful I have a strong, able body that can carry me and move me through life. I move my body to celebrate what it can do, to strengthen it, to honor it, not to punish it. If you are moving your body in order to punish it into being smaller, it is not going to be something that is empowering to have you keep showing up long-term because you are fueling that motivation with shame, guilt, and punishment. I want you to say, I am moving my body today because I want to, because I choose to, and because I am celebrating this body and what it can do. I don't know about you, but that feels so much more empowering to me. So tip number one, my friends, is change the conversation. Change the way you are thinking about moving your body. Change the conversation while you're moving your body. And remember that you get to make empowered choices on what to do for you. And one of those empowered choices might just be honoring your body with movement. All right, tip number two, do things that you actually enjoy. I know this is a life-changing advice right here, but this is the thing. I think a lot of us have this idea in our brain of what exercise and movement looks like. And when we think of that idea, we say hard pass, okay? For example, running. I used to hate running. Like, I never believed that it could be something that I could enjoy. It sounded awful and terrible to me and 0% fun, okay? So guess what? When I started my health journey and I started getting back into this exercising thing, I did not run, not once, for the longest time. In fact, in my first year on my health journey, in which I lost over 100 pounds, y'all, I didn't run a single time. I started by doing free YouTube videos in my living room to dance workouts. That's how I started. I was like, I am going to do this in a way that I actually find enjoyable. And running was not a piece of that at first. I swore I'd never be a runner, but I will say that I surprised myself and challenged myself to try it out again later on. And I did learn to enjoy it. I even ran a half marathon. I hope to run a full marathon one day in the future. But if you don't enjoy it right now, you don't have to start there, okay? You know, I like to call exercise joyful movement because it's so much easier to get excited and inspired to do something that is actually fun for us. So what does that look like? If you're not sure what that looks like for you, I want you to think back to what you used to do as a kid when you were just playing for fun. What did that look like? What did you enjoy doing when you were a kid just for fun? Maybe it was dancing. I loved to dance as a kid and I love having dance parties with my nieces right now because they freaking love it. Maybe it was sports. Maybe you liked playing catch with your friends. Maybe you liked kicking around a soccer ball. Maybe you liked playing tennis. Uh, maybe it was swimming. What did you enjoy doing when you were a kid that was just something you did for fun? It wasn't this structured, like, I need to go and move my body and burn this many calories and do these repetitions in a way that is so robotic and not fun. Like, think back to being a kid and how can you play in a way that moves your body? And here's another thought. If you're not excited about moving your body by yourself, join a group fitness class, recruit a buddy, join a rec league. If you want to play to move your body, 
there are rec softball teams all over the place. Maybe you live in a rural area where you don't have access to that. I get that. I grew up really, really rural, but find someone else if that helps you make it a little bit more fun too. If you just don't enjoy doing things by yourself, totally recruit a buddy. And the other thing I'll say here too, when it comes to doing things that you actually enjoy, I want you to get out of your own way and stop using money as the obstacle. You know, I used to say for a long time that I wasn't, I didn't move my body or exercise because I didn't, I couldn't afford the gym. But if you're listening to this podcast right now, that means that you have access to internet, which means that you have access to endless library of free workouts on YouTube. Like I mentioned earlier, the way I started was with free YouTube dance workouts in my living room. There are so many. Some of my favorites are Pop Sugar. I also just recently found these sisters and their channel is called And8, the letter 8, Fitness, and they have the most fun dance workouts. There's a lot of twerking involved. You guys should see me behind the scenes. I am not the best twerker, but you know what? I'm getting better. One day I'm going to be the best twerker out there. You just wait. Talk about random goals for Kaya. I'm working on my twerk game, y'all. Look out. (laughs) But tip number two is do things you actually enjoy. Do things you enjoy. This is joyful movement. How can you make it fun again? How can you start playing again in a way that honors your body with some movement? All right, tip number three, habit stack. Habit stack. What is habit stacking? Habit stacking is a way to look at what the current habits that you do every single day are and attaching another habit to it. So an example for this is with my water in the morning. Water is one of my goals. I always drink coffee first thing in the morning. I wanted to get more water in, so now I've habit stacked drinking a glass of water before my coffee every single day. Now, how can we habit stack with our movement? If you find it hard to fit movement into your life, combine it with other things that you enjoy or that you are already currently prioritizing. Here's an example. I love the show Queer Eye on Netflix. It is seriously so good. I am laughing and crying in every single episode and every one of them just makes me feel happier and lighter inside. So if you need a new show to watch, you're welcome. But because it's so easy for me to make time to watch Queer Eye because I love it so much, I've habit stacked watching my favorite TV shows with getting on my exercise bike. In fact, I am proud to report that I haven't watched a single episode of the latest season of Queer Eye while not being on my exercise bike. And the benefit of that is that it helps me not binge watch all of the episodes at once because I don't want to exercise bike for seven hours straight, right? So it's a way for me to space out my binge watching a little bit and also honor my body with movement. I associate my bike now with Queer Eye and that makes me way more excited to get on and go for a ride than it might otherwise. Another example is that if quality time with your kids or friends is a priority for you, how can you incorporate that into some movement? How can you habit stack spending time with your people with also getting some movement in? Maybe instead of getting drinks with your girlfriends for your weekly date night or whatever, however often you meet with your friends, maybe pitch the idea of going for a walk with them instead. Maybe instead of watching TV with your kiddos, you head outside to play catch or go for a bike ride. How can you take the habits that you're already doing or the time that you're already prioritizing for other things in your life and combine it with opportunities to get some more movement in. Let's say there's a nearby restaurant or a coffee shop to where you live or where you work and you really enjoy it. How can you make a decision to maybe walk there instead of driving to it? 
Maybe you have some work meetings that you have to take, but you are listening in or you don't have to be super interactive. You don't need to be on your computer, but you work virtually from home. Maybe you tune into your work meeting on your phone and take it for a walk outside. How can you fit movement into your life and stack it with habits and priorities that already exist? Make it easier on yourself and make it fit a little bit more seamlessly because then you're going to be so much more likely to actually show up and make it happen. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with two more really great tips. I truly believe that if you change your habits, you can change your life. Our life is the result of the habits that we practice daily. Improving your life isn't about making some scary, drastic change overnight. It's about meeting yourself where you're at and making small changes over time that you can actually stick with. But you've got to start small to stay consistent, which is why I put together a free healthy habits checklist to help you do just that. Download my free PDF to set your intentions for what small healthy habits you are going to start practicing today. There's a place for you to check them off the list and celebrate every single baby step along the way. You can download yours for free at coachkayacommunity.com forward slash healthy dash habits, or you can click the link below. Again, that's coachkayacommunity.com forward slash healthy dash habits, or click the link in the show notes to download yours today for free. Start changing your life, friend, one healthy habit at a time. Tip number four, simplify it and start small. I think when some of us get back into moving our bodies, it's after we've committed, all right, this is going to be the year, this is going to be the month that I finally take control of my health, I'm going to eat better, I'm going to move my body, I'm going to do all the things right. And I think we set ourselves up with these really high expectations of what we're going to be able to do, right? We have that beginner motivation and that's great, but sometimes it is a way that we sabotage ourselves because we make ourselves get burnt out way too early on. Don't commit to working out for an hour every single day if that's unrealistic for you and where you're at. If you're someone who is not currently making time to move your body at all during the day, set a smaller goal. We can really reduce a lot of that mental drama and the way that we make all of these excuses in our brain to create resistance of showing up by setting a smaller baseline minimum goal. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Let's say that you decide I'm going to work out for an hour tomorrow and you wake up a little late, right? So you're like, shoot, I don't have time to get my workout in this morning or else I'm going to be late for work. You go to work, you come back from work. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I'm going to make dinner and then I'll work out after dinner. And then you do your dinner and then after dinner, you're like, gosh, I'm so tired. I got a really busy day tomorrow. So I'm just going to go to bed and I'll do it tomorrow. And we can create all of these men- this mental drama and all of these excuses for why we don't have the time if we have a goal that is unrealistic for where we're at. So if we can set a lower minimum goal, it's harder for us to make an excuse for it. So maybe that's saying, I'm going to c- commit to moving my body for 15 minutes. Heck, maybe it's 10 minutes or even five minutes. I want you to focus on getting consistent first and then building from there instead of getting burnt out at the beginning. If you set a goal of saying, hey, I'm going to move my body for 10 minutes every single day this week. When you find yourself waking up a little bit later in your alarm, you can say 10 minutes, I can totally fit 10 minutes in before I go to work. You get back from work, you're like, okay, I can totally fit in 10 minutes before I start making dinner. If it is a smaller, more realistic goal, you are going to drastically 
reduce the mental drama and excuses. Because here's the thing, a little bit is better than nothing at all. And is it better for you to work out 10 minutes every single day for a week or to work out once occasionally for the full hour because you aren't willing to show up if it's not going to be perfect? Start with 10 minutes. And if you can get really consistent at moving your body for 10 minutes each day, You can build from there. And what I think you'll discover and what a lot of the people in my community discover when we choose one small habit to commit to is that you might do it for 10 minutes and realize, oh, I've got more energy. I can keep going. I'm going to go longer. And who knows? Maybe it turns into 30 minutes. Maybe it turns into an hour. But showing up and getting started is the hardest part. So how can we reduce that resistance, reduce that mental drama by setting a smaller minimum baseline goal? Trust me. This is going to change the game for you in your relationship with movement and how big of excuses you make for yourself. All right, our fifth and final tip for making exercise suck less and find joy in movement again is to get creative. Joyful movement does not have to be structured all the time. Consider other ways that you can get in more movement throughout your day beyond just you know, going to the gym, beyond turning on a workout video, beyond grabbing the weights, right? Those things are great and amazing, but how can you just find other ways to get more movement in during the day? For example, Brent and I have now created a routine and a habit that we go for a really short walk every single day after lunch. It's time for us to take a mental brain break from work to reconnect as a couple and let our food digest while just getting some extra steps in, right? We don't even necessarily burn a sweat every time, but it's getting some more movement in during the day in a way that feels enjoyable to both of us. Another thing is how can you just add in some movement in everyday things you do? I love cooking dinner every night. For me, cooking is kind of therapeutic. It's a way for me to turn my brain off from work stuff and just kind of get creative in the kitchen, creating a delicious meal for myself and my husband. And one of my favorite things to do, one of my most joyful things to do is to turn on a fun playlist and do a kitchen dance party while I'm cooking dinner in the evenings. It's so much fun. It feels like like this special moment of self-care. And it is literally just playing music and dancing as I stir things at the stove or um, unload the dishwasher. Like how can you just find some more movement in your day while doing the things you do already? I want you also to give yourself credit for some of the movement that you're maybe already doing and feel really good about it. Maybe you have a garden. Getting out there and tending to your garden, pulling weeds, hoeing absolutely counts as movement. You get to celebrate that and honor that. Did you just scrub all the floors in your house today and the toilet? Yeah. That totally counts too. You are moving your body. Did you just gather cattle horseback all afternoon with your family? Yep, that counts too. I want you guys to recognize other ways that you can get intuitive movement in throughout the day without it having to be structured. And I want you to give yourself credit for that. All of this stuff adds up. And there's other things that we can do, small moments that we can make for movement in our day that doesn't have to take extra time or a ton of extra effort. Maybe it's starting to take the stairs over the elevator. Maybe it's parking at the back of the parking lot just to get some extra steps in. Maybe if you're at the airport next time, you skip the moving walkways and you choose to walk in the center aisle instead. Maybe when you take your kids to the park, instead of sitting on the park bench, you get up and play with them a little bit. There are so many opportunities for us to make space and time to move our bodies that fit with our lifestyle. 
And hey, you might work up to being someone who really loves going to the gym, someone who really loves doing structured workouts, and that's incredible. Maybe you're someone who learns that you really love running 5Ks. That's amazing. But if you want to rebuild your relationship with exercise and find ways to make movement joyful, meet yourself where you're at, okay? Get creative. Here are the five tips in a recap. Number one, change the conversation. Flip the script and change your mindset about it. Remember, doing things that challenge you is what makes you grow into a stronger version of yourself and you get to move your body to celebrate what it can do, to strengthen it and to honor it, not to punishment. Tip number two, do things you actually enjoy. Make movement fun again. Remember what you did as a kid to, to play just for the fun of it. Find ways to enjoy it if you're at a place where you reject all of it. Tip number three, habit stack. Find ways to fit movement into your life by stacking it with other things that you already are doing or prioritizing in your life. Tip four, simplify things and start small. Set a baseline minimum goal for movement that will reduce the mental drama and make it easier to show up and create some consistency. And tip five, get creative. Joyful movement does not have to be structured. These are some tips that have really helped me change my relationship with movement. And I really do love it now. In fact, I've gotten to a point where if I don't move my body in some way throughout the day, I notice it, not just in my physical body, but my mental health too. Moving your body isn't something that just helps you physically be stronger and healthier in your body. It improves your sleep. It improves your mood. It improves your longevity and it overflows into so many areas of your life. The point of exercise should not be to shrink your body. We could probably do a whole entire episode down that rabbit hole, but the point of exercise is not to shrink your body. It is to honor your body with movement that benefits your health in a multitude of ways, but that should not be the main goal. I would love to hear what you guys are doing right now for joyful movement. How are you rethinking your relationship with exercise? How are you changing that conversation? If you found this conversation helpful, I would love for you to screenshot it, share it to your social media, tag me, tell me what your biggest takeaway was. If any of these tips were helpful, share it with a friend. One of the best ways that you can support this podcast is simply by, of course, listening. So glad you're here, but sharing it with someone else. If you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love, love, love if you would take a moment to leave a five-star rating and a thoughtful review. I love your feedback and just to hear how this show is helping you and how we can make it better moving forward. I love y'all so much and I hope these five tips helped you find more joy in movement because guess what? Exercise does not have to suck. We're going to change that relationship and make space for joyful movement again. I love y'all so much. I'll see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.